Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network, and I'm Vic Versero, and I get the best job in the world because I have the opportunity to meet some really cool people, and it isn't always easy to schedule them in and get them on our show and get a recorded opportunity like this, but we found it, the spot on his busy schedule, and by golly, we got him here today. His name is Scott Keith. He's the president and CEO of the Lansing Entertainment and Public Facilities Authority. Phew, I'm tired just reading that title, but uh, welcome to our show, Scott. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Vic. Yes, the acronym of all acronyms there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. It makes you go, what is that? I need to confess, so you can correct me right here in front of all of our listeners. I always, because I guess I'm old school, refer to the downtown facility as a Lansing Civic Center. Tell me, if people aren't familiar with the basically the title that we're using now, which is the Lansing Entertainment and Public Facilities Authority, that's basically what some of us old-timers would consider the Civic Center, yes? So it's a combination. We're an agency that manages the downtown entertainment properties. So yes, and we always use LEPAS. Don't be afraid to use that acronym. It's a lot easier to say. Uh, right. <laughs> but we've operated the Lansing Center since its inception. We also act as the managing landlord, if you want to keep it simple, for Jackson Field. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the team, the Lugnuts, operate you know, their baseball games and activities, but we oversee the management of the park. Yeah. We took over Grosbeck Golf Course about seven years ago. And then we also operate Silver Bells in the city, just completed that. And then we've been involved with a, a number of downtown activities, including Common Ground in the past to Margarita Fest and the Grand Concert Series. You know, we're active in events downtown. Well, let me just say, wow, and I stand humbly corrected, this is so cool that you have really what is amounts to the pulse of the city going on. If it's happening downtown, you probably have some touch on it, and that really gives me some great confidence. So tell me, your president and CEO, what does all that entail? Are you a one-man band, or you got uh, thousands of employees? Tell me about your world. So, you know, we have a group here that and that's one of the better parts of being a managing agency is we have a team that completes all this. It is not a one man band here for sure. I always call myself a support person. Really. Right. I'm here to support the rest of the team. But, you know, we're a group. We have a board that we report to that's appointed by the mayor. And then the team, again, at different properties, but also they work at all the properties. So when you see Silver Bells in the city, we have a person that heads that up, but we have a team underneath them that helps support them. So it's a combination of a couple things. And, you know, in my role, I'm setting vision. I'm helping to make sure our mission is still front and center, establish the goals, and then we set the tone and we never get tired here. Uh, I, well, I don't think your enthusiasm ever fails you, but I got to believe there's got to be some tired legs after certain events going on and you go, whew. Let's have a diet coke and relax for a minute, right? So I just it's long days. Yeah, it's a tough world. Yeah. So tell me, what's your origins? Are you from the Lansing area? Are you from Michigan? What's your background? You know, it's a great story. I am not. I'm from a very Vixen say. I've never met anybody from Delaware. I'm from Delaware, which is a small state on the east coast, so not a lot of us in Michigan. Can I give you a home um, movie real quick, Scott? I have sure. had the privilege of traveling and going to all 
50 states with the exception of one. I'm on 49 states. My 50th state is Delaware. I'm so amazed. I might just check the box and count it as good since I know somebody from Delaware now. How's that, right? I mean, your president is from Delaware, so, you know, and it takes you probably about, depending on what part of the state you're in, 15 minutes to cross the state or two hours. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) 15 to 20. (laughs) That's great. Well, so you grew up in Delaware then, yes? Yes, I grew up in Delaware. I ended up going to college in Virginia. I mean, this is a roundabout circle. Went to college in Virginia, went to grad school in Georgia. I originally set myself out to be a teacher, and I was a teacher for a year, and I went back to grad school thinking I was going to get into the profession of teaching in college or working in an athletic department at college. That did happen. I ended up coming up to University of Michigan and working in the athletic department there. Oh, wow. And somewhere in that process, I got the bug to work in sports facilities, sports and entertainment facilities. And that gave me a lot of opportunity to travel around the country. My base was in Ann Arbor, but got such exotic locales like Washington, D.C. and and Cumberland, Maryland to Denver, Colorado. Moved around, ended up back in Michigan, landed a position, and then got an opportunity to move here to Lansing. My wife also got, at the same time, an opportunity to move here in Lansing. And we've been here since. You know, we both fell in love with this community, you know, being moved around the country, living in different locales. This one really fit our lifestyle. We've enjoyed it. We've been here over 20 years now. Oh, wow. That's great. You know, I have to tell you, really good news that you found your way back here to Central Michigan and doing such great things for downtown Lansing and the greater Lansing area. And we just want to say we're glad you found your way here to the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero. We'll be right back with Scott Keene. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. We're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. We've got Scott Keith with us today, and he is, of course, the president and CEO of Lansing Entertainment and Public Facilities Authority. And so I guess with a name that big, we do use acronyms, but you know, I'm so darn you know poor at acronyms. I appreciate saying it out. And to say that it's the Civic Center is what a complete error on my part. It is so much more. It is all that is downtown Lansing. But you know, Scott, you've had an interesting journey to get you where you're at. And I just wonder if there was some early lessons along your journey that made you feel like, you know, if I ever get in charge or if I ever have a chance to lead, these are some things that I want to do. Any of those, were any of that a motivating factor for you to get to your position? Well, you know, when I was coming through the University of Michigan, I was hired on by a gentleman named Jack Vivian, who was considered at the time foremost people on ice arenas. And so growing up as a hockey player, I was drawn to that. He brought me in, kind of took me under his wing, mentored me in such a way that I could get every experience possible. And, you know, I think back then I didn't realize it, but I was given opportunities and I never said no. I always took advantage of it. When he said, hey, 
we've got an opportunity to go into Washington, D.C. and take over an arena that is dilapidated. We want somebody to go in there and revitalize it. And I didn't hesitate. You know, let's go. Sorry to interrupt that. I want to play there for a second if I could, because there had to be times when you were there going, we're going to do what? I mean, in the back of your head, weren't you like, really? (laughs) Was there some of that? And tell me, as a young person or maybe somebody that wasn't necessarily fully experience to be able to say, oh, I can do that. What was going through your mind? And that's kind of courageous in my mind. Well, you know, I think as a young person, you, you don't have as much fear of failure, right? You, yes. Given opportunities, you say, let's go, I'll figure it out. You know, ironically, I'm reading a book right now called Everything is Figure Outable. It's like I have to retrain my mind back <laughs> to that youth. It's looking for adventure a little bit. And also, I think, looking for opportunities. I think in order to move up in your roles, you have to look for those opportunities and accept them. You know, not look at things as much a challenge or, boy, I, I don't think I can do that as much as I'm going to figure this out. Let's do this and know that it's not just one person. It does take a team and rely on the team. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, when you're young, you should look for opportunities to grow, add skill sets to your toolbox. Again, I don't think I realized it as much when I was that age, but now as I look back, I think, you know, that was critical to my development. Yeah. The reason why that made my head snap so quickly on that, Scott, was I've talked to entrepreneurs and sometimes, you know, they have a new customer that comes in and says, hey, we're looking for somebody that can do that. Is that something you guys do? And, you know, my honest engine uh, comment is going to be something like, well, I've never done that before. You know, you kind of blah, blah, blah. And I think some of the best entrepreneurs, oh, yeah, no, we'd be glad to do that. Notice they didn't say we do that. We just said we're glad to do that. And of course, as a result, they put that kind of out there. And then as soon as that potential client leaves the door, they go, how am I going to do that? But I love it. Everything is figure outable. And also the notion that take it on. And tell me, when you took on some of those items that maybe you weren't sure about, when you succeeded, how did you feel on the other end of that? Well, it breeds a certain confidence in you. Yes. You know, when I was hired here, so, you know, a really good story that tunes to that is I was hired here and I was number two. And my predecessor, Eric Hart, who was a great mentor to me, this was in the middle of Common Ground, came to me and said, you know, I've got this opportunity to move to Tampa and run the, the authority there. I think you've got to, you know, put yourself in the hat and get ready. At the time, our board chair was James Butler, and I'm sure you know James. What a great person he was for our community. James was our board chair. He came to me a couple hours later, and we were talking. Again, this is right in the middle of Common Ground, and all the busyness of that event. James said to me, are you ready? And I looked at him, and I said, you know, if I had a year to prepare, you know, I'd probably be in a better spot. And he stopped me, and he said, that's the last time you're going to say that. (laughs) And I'm going to ask you again. Are you ready? And I said, yes, I'm ready. Yes, let's do this thing. (laughs) I love it. You know, it reaffirmed that whole confidence. Yes. You have to believe that you can do it. And from day one, he was my biggest supporter, biggest help. He had so many great analogies to help me along the way and get through it. And, you know, I think those kind of mentors are really helpful along the way. Again, sometimes you don't realize it when you're going through it, but you appreciate it after the fact. Well, and what a gift, honestly. You know, when you think about people that have mentored you along the way and do something like that, that was a critical moment. He could have said, yeah, well, okay, he's not ready. 
and just walked away. But he was invested in you, took the time to help you understand, and did it, I'm assuming, in a firm enough but kind. But boy, this is such a great, interesting display of what happens when you have courage take bold steps, and do some things maybe outside your comfort zone. And man, that's really exciting, Scott. I'm so glad that you're willing to share your story here on the Leadership Lowdown. So glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. Managing your office supplies is key to a seamlessly functioning business. With over 90,000 items available for free next day delivery and no minimum order, DBI can solve all your office supply needs from pencils to coffee at the very best value. Call DBI and ask a sales representative to show you their product offerings or visit dbiyes.com and request a product catalog. DBI does all things office, office supplies, furniture, and environments. And we're back with Scott Keith. He is the president and CEO, and I would love to do the acronym of it all, but I think it deserves repeating again, Lansing Entertainment and Public Facilities Authority. And so, Scott, I think what's really exciting to me is in the last segment, we talked about being a little bit uncomfortable and maybe taking some of those steps that we're not always necessarily able to predict. And, you know, one of the big stress relievers, I was talking to a group yesterday about, you know, worry about the things you can control and those things you can't let those go. And so tell me your thoughts on that, because I got to tell you, in all that your organization says grace over, there's got to be some days when you got, what are you going to do? It's weather coming in on our big music festival. I mean, whatever it is, you've got contingency plans and everything else. So tell me your thoughts on that. So... You know, I was thinking about when you were saying that, and I really adapted to the stoic philosophy of, and part of it is talking about what you can control, and it focuses on certain virtues, one of them being courage. And I have kind of talked with my team about, hey, it's okay to feel uncomfortable about something because, and then I kind of use a train analogy, hey, we're going to get on the uncomfortable express. <laughs> oh, no. Because, you know, uncomfortable, it challenges yourself, right? It stretches you're not, you. You're not sitting in a... Yeah, yeah. And what you really want to do is say, if you get comfortable, you tend to get complacent and you go backwards. You don't keep going forward. So stay uncomfortable, stay challenged. I also, you know, just heard somebody talk about your critics and those things that make you uncomfortable tend to make you stronger. So I really think we got to focus on that. You know, I look back at, at events and yeah, things have happened during an event that you couldn't control. One of my best examples, so I think we all remember, some of us of age remember the East Coast blackout and how that Oh, happened. yeah, I lived it, uh, yeah. Back in that, it was uh, 2003, I think, 2003 range. I'd be about right. Um, and we lost all power here. Well, we had a dinner that night for a large association of charter schools. And 
we lost power and we were trying to figure, you know, what are we going to do? We don't have backup generation power here at the Lansing Center. It'd be a dream to have it, but we don't have it. We happened to have Holy Wahoosa going on at the stadium in a couple days. We had a generator sitting over there. I personally hopped on a forklift, pulled oh. the generator over here. We had electricians flying <laughs> in. Oh we, we didn't have all the power we needed to make the event happen, but we served almost 1,200 people dinner that night. Wayne Heizenga at that time, yeah. uh, Buster CEO, he spoke. He actually sent us a personal letter thanking us for that. So we couldn't control the blackout. It was how we reacted to it, and the event went on. So oh, that, those things happen in our business. So true. Happened. We couldn't control what uh, happened, but you can control how you react to it and where you go from there. That's worth the price of admission right there because this is the issue is people start dwelling on what happened and not – thinking about the strategies, the opportunity, and lifting themselves to what steps forward. And it's all about having contingency plans. I'll never forget one time I was hosting a VIP event. It was out in one of the, I think it was Arizona. And I'm looking right out. We had an outdoor venue for this large dinner. And I'm looking at these storm clouds gathering over the mountains. And I'm calling my people in. We're in the desert. It's not supposed to storm. And I said, I don't like what that looks like over there. Oh, Vic, don't worry about it. That happens all the time. Those clouds, they get to that mountaintop and they do not move. We see them all the time. They never come down. So they're going to stay right there. Don't you worry about it. We're fine. So we don't have an indoor contingency. No, no, no. We don't need it, Vic. Okay. And I would say it was about 25 minutes later, one of the worst storms I'd ever seen had come off that mountain and knocked over all kinds of wine glasses, flip tables. It was like, not a tornado, but it sure was awesome. And so I'll never forget, we had our group out picking up plates, picking up tables and chairs and moving them inside the participants just to, to help out. And so, but it's your whole point is, I can't control certain things, but I can make contingency plans and I can react. And you know what? I think, Scott, what happens is that we make memories. And that dinner that you just shared, I'll bet people remember it to this day and still talk about how they made it happen. And what a great success story. You know, Vic, you talked about making memories. And honestly, that's when we look at the whys of what we do, that's number one on my list. We're in this business to help everyone else make memories, whether it's coming for a wedding to a music event to may just be hearing a great speaker at a conference. We're making memories here and we, and we hope to keep doing that. Well, and I, again, home movie, but I remember having a chance to speak to a minor league baseball team staff who were gathering to get ready. It wasn't the lug nuts, but I went in there and talked to them. But to that point, Scott, I just want to say, People that are coming to that, in this case, Lansing Lugnut game, people that are coming to an event at the large center or maybe it's a music festival, some of those folks might have saved money all year long for this privilege. They might be coming with someone that is their parent that they're trying to, to improve a broken relationship. They might be taking a cancer victim to a game to get their mind off. We don't know what's coming through any gate that we open up, but we can make a difference by giving them a smile, giving them an opportunity and a chance to escape for that moment. And that's why I think what you do and the fact that the Lansing Entertainment Authority is doing what it's doing, it means more than you know. It's not just fun and games. It's sometimes making memories that can change lives. And so bravo to you and your team, Scott. Thank you for being with us right here on Leadership Lowdown. We're going to go pay some bills and come right back here on the Michigan Business Network.
grow. It takes time. Like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit. Because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. This is the Michigan Business Network, and you found the Leadership Lowdown, and we found Scott Keith. He's doing a great job of helping us understand sometimes the complicated yet meaningful and important work that he does in being a part of the entertainment scene in the greater mid-Michigan area. And you know, Scott, as we kind of run down some of these things, you know, being president and CEO, you've ascended to that spot through experiences and different lessons learned. And I guess I want to talk to you about that because now that you know you've got the title which means a lot of people are listening and a lot of people are watching what are some of those lessons learned that you're applying today to the people you lead and the organizations that you're hoping come to the greater mid-michigan area and be a part of the scene you know that's a great question Vic. you know i look at things i've learned over time that i can impart one of the biggest things that and the pandemic really just brought this home again is that people are our greatest asset. Mm, yep. Not just the people who come to events, but the very people who work for you at events. You know, the appreciation of what they do and how they do it. Every day, I try to make a point to get out there on the floor and have a conversation with every teammate that's there. So I think, you know, one of the biggest things that we can always bring ourselves back home, center us, is to understand that the people that we work with are our greatest asset. You know, I reminded my staff the other day, we were having a little bit of a get-together, that, you know, I may only see my wife two, three hours a day, (laughs) here, you know, at least eight hours a day and see them. So, you know, it's important to realize that people are your greatest asset. You bet. I was talking to somebody else, kind of coaching them through their work, and the individual has kind of built a team that really is significantly different today than it was when I first started working with that team, doing some leadership consulting and some other things for the team. One of the things that happened that I was so impressed with is that it's morphed into something much better than it was. And part of that comes down to not accepting I'm going to say this politically incorrect, but not accepting just getting a body to fill an open position, but maybe even letting it stay open until the right person comes along and that's going to lift your team and be a really vital part of your team. Can you react to that for me in in terms of selecting the right people for your team and for your business that you run? Well, and if you look at my leadership team, you know, one of the things that I kind of really have put forward a really important factor is I don't want to be surrounded by people who are exactly like me. And, and I look at that, not, again, not just visual, it's sound, it's life experiences. I look for people who can add to our collective mindset. So I think that's important. I think, yes, you do need to look for people. I like to tend to create a list of hey, these are attributes I'm looking for. Mm. Do they have this acumen? Do they have that life experience? What do they have? And then I like to look for something that, you know, how aggressive are they? 
you know, are they really into this or is it just, you know, hey, I'm going through the motions. That's one attribute I don't think we pay enough attention to when looking for staff is do they really want to be here? Because that will help you make a determination. And by the way, that means also they're willing to be uncomfortable going back to that statement that they want to, you know, be there. And I think those are attributes I look for in people. And I think, yes, in today's world, you're looking to certainly hire people. It's okay to say, I just don't want a college degree or certain, you know, three years of experience. And we all see that on the job postings. I think you start looking for other attributes that fit what you want in your position. And I think coming out of this, we can take some time to do that. Man, I think that's just wise, Scott. Honestly, you may not be familiar with a company that markets under the name of Jiffy Mixes, but Chelsea Milling Company is an hour or so south of Lansing, and it's founded in 18-something. And the Holmes family is the owner of that 30-nation, multi-billion dollar company. Well, anyways, I called down there to set up the interview for Howdy Holmes, the CEO and president, and he answers his own phone. And the bottom line to all of that, and the reason why I bring this up, is he tells me he interviews everybody, even if they're going to be down on the production line or whether they're going to be part of his executive team. And the reason why he does that is he's like, I can teach anybody to run the production line or to do operate certain equipment, but I can't teach them necessarily some of the people skills to be a part of this team. And I think that's what you're sharing is that you... He pointed out selecting those people that have those attributes and training them on skills that they can pick up and learn. And I think that's what you're telling me, right, is let's get the right people and then we will build that team and the success in that team. But it'll be so much easier with the right people. And frankly, you mentioned it earlier, it's going to be more fun. Because you're going to spend all the time with those people. You might as well like them, enjoy them, and be part of people that want you want to be around, right? That's exactly right. You know, I tell them when you're hiring, look for things you cannot train. <sighs> Don't go for, you know, it's great that they can operate that computer system. You don't need to teach them that. Then you want the attributes that you can't teach. So I say go for that. You're right. Absolutely. Attitude being one of the big ones. Being authentic, look for those things that are just, you know, spot on leadership qualities and hire for that. Well, that's just sage advice, Scott. Thank you for sharing it. Thanks for being with us. We're going to take a quick break here on the Leadership Lowdown and be right back. I'm Vic Verschero. So glad you joined us. The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. And we're back right here on Leadership Lowdown. I'm so much fun having a chance to talk to Scott Keith, President and CEO. And there's just so many great things that's going on in his world. But, you know, as I'm going to school here listening to Professor Keith, I want to ask you, in your career or maybe as you're mentoring to others, 
Are there moments in your career when you get asked that question, are you ready? Or when you get that decision point where you're comfortable and that's going to stretch you over here. Tell me about those pivotal points in someone's professional life and career when all of a sudden you've got to make what probably is going to be a life-changing decision. So I've been fortunate and I've given back to others along the way as well. I've been sitting in this role. Two people who have worked for me are now in similar roles. And, you know, I didn't know it at the time that I was helping to grow them into being ready for that. But now I actually make it a premise of mine that, all right, who is the next leader that I can bring up to the next role? And I heard somebody recently talk about that, that that's such a critical role for leaders is to promote other leaders, is to help grow that segment. Mm. Uh, because, you know, there's never an undying need for leadership. And mm. I think those of us in leadership have to recognize we have the ability to have impact on others and to bring them along. And it's a lot of ways to do that. It's not just, again, giving them jobs to do. It's things like, hey, come along to this meeting and watch how we interact with other leaders or come along to this financial session and work your way through it. So I think we as leaders have to look for ways to bring up other leaders. We have to give back. I mean, there's points in your career where you learn things, you develop things. And now I think I'm at that point in my career that I not only have to do the role that I have, but I've got to help others get into that role Mm. too. And I think so often we stop before we get there. It's just something we as leaders need to do is to continue to help others along the path. You know, it's reach down and pull someone else up. And I think that's a critical part of being a leader. I think you're exactly right. Let me play here for a second because give you some thoughts and I want to get your reaction to it. So you get somebody that might be a dynamic, successful leader and has built an organization, or let me scratch that, has created results within an organization that's undisputed, going great. And then when that person is moved out of that, because let's face it, that's the guy we promote or the gal we promote, right? And so we pull them out of that position. What happens to their organization, I would contend, tells me everything about that leader. My point is that if you remove the leader, does the organization continue to thrive and and being successful because that leader coached certain systems and professional quality approaches to the way the work should be done and built people. Or when you pull that person, that leader out, the organization collapses behind them because that person was just basically a starry, flashy, gregarious, dynamic person, but didn't build anybody with them. Is that kind of where you're at? Because I think that's what I heard you talking about. That's exactly what I'm saying, Vic. And not only that, I think that some leaders sometimes have a fear of failure when assigning projects or particular tasks to other people. And then, you know, that also permeates down too when when they're afraid to take on projects. Those staff underneath you might not step up to take on something. But if you give them opportunities and you help them along the way, they now become successful. Confidence is a crazy thing, you know. Growing up in sports and watching my children through sports, confidence is such an important factor in that area that if you can build confidence in someone in the decisions they make and how they do things, which was another thing I had to learn, 
not everybody's going to get something accomplished exactly how I think it should be accomplished. And you have to accept that. But building that confidence within your team, it sets you up for so much more success down the road that you're not going to see right then. So I think those are critical elements that you have to do with your team to develop them, grow them, build that confidence that they can make those decisions, that they can carry on. I used to say, you know, we got to prepare ourselves in case I get hit by a bus. My good friend at Cata said, I can't use that anymore. So I have to think of another way of saying that. <laughs> You're being so, bad for business here at Cata, right? <laughs> right, right. You know, so it is true. You have to prepare yourself. What if I'm not here? You know, I love to breed some bench strength here. Make sure we have bench strength here in case something does happen. What if someone does leave? What if something catastrophic happens? We need to be prepared for that. So I think, you know, building that up within your team, building that bench strength, building their confidence and their abilities, it only helps an organization down the road. Yeah, it's so true. And I think, you know, you said confidence. I think that's beautiful. I would add another C word to that is courage, because earlier in this conversation, you talked about the courage to try something that you haven't done before and to stretch yourself. And, you know, we used to say when you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you're rotten. And so the idea is that let's stay green. Let's always be out there learning and growing because that's a way better way to live your life. But it does take courage. And of course, you know, I think what you said is the confidence and not cockiness. I'm talking about confidence that I've been given the resources to succeed, the support I need by my leadership, and I'm going to do my best. And by golly, my best is pretty darn good. So this is inspiring. You're an inspiration, Scott. We're so glad you're sharing some of your thoughts because it helps all of us and lifts all boats just like you do for your employees. We're going to be right back with one final segment here with Scott Keith on the Leadership Lowdown. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. And we're back with our final segment right here with Scott Keith. He is sharing his leadership philosophies with us. I've got a page full of notes, Scott, thanks to you, and some really great conversation we've had. But you know, I want to hear you with your deep knowledge and excellent authority, if you will, on the subject. Tell me, as a taxpayer, do I need all these things? I mean, what am I doing with a stadium under this authority? Why do we need a civic center? What are all those things in your mind? Because should I see value in that as a taxpayer? Absolutely. It's a great question, Vic, because we talk about, you know, what is our mission and why do we have these things? And it really comes across in a lot of ways. One of the key elements is we are economic generators here. When you look at the Lansing Center and what, and this predates me, but what was in this area prior to the Lansing Center? And the vision that leaders in this community had with the Lansing Center here was that it would spur economic growth around it and take away from what was a seedy area into now a bustling area. You know, when I look around our offices here at the Lansing Center, you can see hotels, you can see restaurants, you went out of Meyer Market. We now have a ballpark. You know, it was started with the Lansing Center and it grew from there and it 
grew that economic engine a little bit. So that's one of the premium focuses of us is to create energy, create some additional business that comes to our community. So bringing that economic gardening from outside of our region into our region. So it started with the Lansing Center. It's grown to include Jackson Field. Again, it brings people downtown. It gets the bars and restaurants activated. So it creates jobs. You know, I always say, look, when somebody comes into our community, they are stopping at a gas station usually. They're stopping to get food. They're creating jobs. They're creating economic impact. So these things are very important for that. The other part is quality of life. Yes. I want to address that too. Let me just add this to the economic benefit. You know, again, we've got to get those hotels built downtown. And it's great to have some new hotels that have come together. But, you know, to me, there's not another city in Michigan that has more associations headquartered than right here in Lansing. It is the home of, obviously, the state capital. And so when you think about associations, annual meetings, and all of the events that we could be hosting right here because of our central location to the population and because of the great things that are going on, Lansing's got it all. And the only thing I think we're missing are those hotel rooms because, you know, one small convention of a few hundred room nights can create a million dollars worth of economic benefits and all boats rise because of that. And then I cut you off and I'm sorry about that. I'd like you to speak to the quality of life. Tell me your thoughts on that. So quality of life, and if you're picking a location to live, a lot of people don't say it, but it's in the back of their mind. It's subconsciously that you want quality of life. And, then, and that includes schools too, right? But you know, what am I going to do after I get out of work? And people want that activity. So, you know, having baseball games, having concerts, you know, we've got a dinosaur event going on at the Lansing Center right now. <laughs> yes. You have these things to take your children to or to meet other people. I mean, that's, you know, the one thing that, again, coming out of the pandemic, people wanted to get back together and meet. They need that socialization. So quality of life is important because it helps attract business as well. When we're looking for, you know, a new business to move here, they look at these things. We regularly meet with LEAP and Chamber to talk about these things. How can we do that? you got to have a bustling airport. You need to have a good, robust transportation system. You need hotels. You need these things in order to attract businesses which create quality of life. And we have some great ones here with the state government, with MSU, but we're also a part of that at LEPA with the facilities and the events that we run. They're very important, and quality of life and business attraction go hand in hand. Well, and thank you for that. And real quickly before we run out of time, if I'm thinking about having a conference, a major event, I want to do something down at the Jackson Field Baseball Stadium. I want to plug in somehow to the music festivals in town or Silver Bell, whatever it is. Do you have anybody that I could call and get connected to that could help me navigate that? Sure. You know, it's really easy for us. We have a centralized location at the Lansing Center. Our phone number is 517-483-7400. We do have lepfa.com, but really that's going to be your landing page. And then from there, you can go to any entity or event that we have from that page. We've got a lot going on. We're looking at things coming back. You know, again, 
I'm the strategic visionary that says, hey, we'll figure this out. Let's go try this new event. Let's yeah. go and do this new thing. So there will be new events coming, cycled events is that some go away and some new ones come in. We get that a lot. How come we don't do this anymore? And, and what are we going to do next? It's just the nature of events that some run their course and you're ready to start something new. So stay tuned for that. But always be looking. And obviously, we have Facebook pages for all of our properties lots of social media and we love to have people downtown i'm that type of person i live off the energy of others and when they're coming through the building and smiles are on their face that makes me even happier you got good things going on you're exactly right and you know that's exactly what your organization does is you bring smiles and make memories for so many people even from the mid-michigan area and beyond and we're just so glad that all those years ago you made the trek from delaware to michigan (laughs) and it's to our benefit scott and we're just so grateful for what you and your wonderful staff are doing we're proud of what's happening downtown lansing and what's happening in the central michigan area and you are a big reason why that's going on and such great things are happening scott thanks for your time today thanks Vic. and you know i'm leaving this interview with a smile on my face very good all the best and we're so grateful for you so grateful that you tuned in to leadership lowdown so glad you listened to the michigan business network i'm Vic versero i can't wait to talk to you next time 